So rinse and repeat is you've done it once, you've bought your property, you've built some equity in there, or you've let it ride. So to build out that portfolio, it's not a one and done. You're not going to buy one property, most likely for most people. You're not going to buy one property and go, hey, I can retire. Uh, So you're probably going to have to build out property portfolio and you're going to have to rinse and repeat. The best thing about that is usually after you've done it once, the second time you do, it's easier. You're already familiar with that journey. You know who you need. You know you need your solicitor or your conveyancer. You know you need your building reports. You know what tradies you need and where you can add value to that property. So it becomes easier. But this stage is basically building out that portfolio, rinse and repeat. The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered personal advice. Always consult with qualified professionals or experts in the relevant field for personalized advice tailored to your specific situation. Hey guys, this is Scott Yip. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Catching Up With Property. So the last three episodes, we had an episode around what's happening in the market. So interest rates, what's happening in state by state and where we kind of think the property markets are leading to. And we had had another episode about my personal property journey, how I had very expensive lessons, definitely be checking in on your tradies licenses. And then we also have another uh, episode around what's it like uh, working with a broker? What can a broker actually help you with? And this episode is going to be about you, the audience. So what's your goal is about what do you want to achieve? So if you're looking at building your property portfolio, what do you ultimately want to achieve? And everybody's going to say, well, I want financial freedom. I want happiness. I want to be able to replace my income. What is that number and how are you going to actually build that out? Right. And for me, property is the asset of choice to invest in because it's something that I can physically see. I can touch it, see it, feel it. Uh, it can appreciate in value. I can add value to that asset so I can make it grow quicker if I wanted to. So it's the asset of choice for me and might be different for everybody else. But if you are looking at property investment, maybe that's the same for you as well. Property is just an asset class. But the reason why you're investing in property and knowing your reason why is really important because you need to ground yourself in that journey. As you're building your property portfolio, you could go to one, to two, to three or four, but knowing your reason why, and sometimes depending on the type of property, it could get a little messy. You just don't know what the process is. Every single acquisition is going to be slightly different and knowing your reason why will help ground you on your end goal, on why you want to establish that. Why do I want to invest in property? So my reason why, I've got a lot of reasons why, but I'll start off with my parents. I was brought up in a household where, you know, if they get old, then you have to look after them. So that's not exactly cheap. (laughs) I call it reverse parenting nowadays. And I want to eventually have my house, you know, just not any type of house. You probably know, know what I'm talking about, but it's that type of house. And that's not quite cheap either. Um, So I do need to build out that investment strategy and do need to build out that second type of income for property rental. And eventually I want to have my own family. Now, when I'm speaking to my friends and the ones that have children, 
they're telling me that kids are expensive. So having that additional income obviously helps alleviate that stress. But on top of that, I am in a same-sex relationship. So the barrier for me to have my own child is harder, which means it costs more. So I need to build up that asset pool. I need to build up that income stream for that future of mine. And lastly, I also want to replace my income. I want to have choices, not when I'm at 68 and I can't, I've got knee problems, but I want to have choices in maybe 10 or 15 years time. So they're my reasons why. And I would challenge you to find your reason why. Why do you want to get into property investment? And what will it mean for you at the end of the path, right? It's too late to have a property when you can't borrow. (laughs) If you can't borrow, then you're basically leveraging off your own cash or you're going to have to be very, very smart and maybe go into some joint venture projects with somebody who can borrow and you'll probably bring something else to the table such as equity or, you know, or maybe you've got some savings and your JV partner would actually come in with the borrowing ability. But yeah, so the time the age to uh, that you can't invest in property will be when you can't borrow. So active investor. So do you want to be an active investor or a passive investor? Active investor for me. So I give you an example for myself. So in my 20s, I was what I would call an active investor. I would buy, you know, rundown properties. You know, you'd renovate them. You would replace the bathroom, the kitchen. You will repaint the inside and outside. You rip up the carpets. It's very, you know, you're actively investing and you're building that capital growth or that equity into that property. Whereas a passive investor, you're just buying the property. It's a little bit of a set and forget and just allowing the market to do its thing and to rise in value. Yeah. So what type of investor are you? What type of timeframes do you have? Do you have the time or energy to get into the market and do a small cosmetic renovation? Is your job uh, demanding and you need to have a passive approach where you're just buying in locations where they're good locations and they're going to have some capital growth. In my 20s, I was an active investor and I felt like maybe in my 20s I was exploring, it was really exciting, I had a lot of time and energy, but now in my 30s, I'm finding that I'm probably going towards that passive investment and putting my time and energy in my first source of income, which is my work. I would probably stay as a passive investor until I get to that point where I can start leveling up. And leveling up is being able to buy those other types of assets, so such as commercial property or NDIS or boarding house. Now, these t- types of properties, you can buy them, but typically you need a high equity or higher uh, deposit to go into it. So I need to build that equity pool in my current portfolio so that I can leverage that and go into that next stage of investment. Yeah. At the moment, it's neut- as long as it's neutral and capital growth, that's where I'm at at the moment. So capital growth is is probably what I'm looking at. And that's because I'm gearing up to that next stage, that next level of investment. So that is, again, looking at maybe commercial real estate or maybe NDIS or maybe a boarding house or even a rooming house type of style of investment. So as long as it's neutral or slightly under, I'm okay with that, which means I'm not actually pulling any extra money from my pocket to pay for that investment property. And if I can ride it for the capital growth, then I'm pretty happy. Know your strategy and know your game plan. So this is about understanding your numbers 
And this is really, really important. So everybody dreams of having this uh, property investment, but the, the bone behind it is your strategy and knowing your numbers. Now, knowing your numbers means, do you know how much you can borrow? Do you know how much you can borrow if you wanted to buy this house? Do you know how much you need to borrow or how much you can borrow if you bought two houses or if you bought three properties, right? How can you actually map that out and reverse engineer it? That's the first thing. The second thing is your equity or your cash position or your deposit. So you might be able to get into your first one. How are you going to get into your second one? So you've got to map out that second one. Do you actually have to maybe do a slight cosmetic renovation? So you put in some money in and then you manufacture some growth into that property so you can take out that equity and go into your next one. So that's the uh, knowing your strategy and knowing your game plan. Now, you need to have a good team around you to help you with that. So obviously your finance person, in some instances, you need your solicitor, your accountant, depending on the structures you want to buy it in. But you need to have a good team around you to help you with that. Whilst you're building your game plan and your strategy and you're very, very focused on building that portfolio, the one message I want to say is it's your game plan. It's your strategy. It doesn't have to be set in stone. And for most people, life happens. You know, things happen in their life and maybe you get knocked off that path. And I just want to say that's okay. You know, you can pause your property portfolio plan. You can stop it or you can fast forward. So in my personal case, in my 20s, I was very motivated and I was gung-ho. You know, I bought my Penrith property. I put. I was trying to get a DA. I, put, I bought another property in the, in the country. I subdivided the land. I sold it off. And we were trying to get another DA on that to put some townhouses. And then in my 30s, you know, we had some family tragedy. Unfortunately, my sister, she had stage four breast cancer. And I was fortunate enough that I just had subdivided that land and sold it off. So I was able to take that time off to look after my sister. And then after she passed away, I went into business. So typically when you're into business, you need two years ABN, two years financials. So I wouldn't be able to borrow again, right? During those time, during those two years. So the whole complete property plan that I had built in completely stopped. And I picked that back up when I went back into the workforce. I was on PAYG income. And at the beginning of this year, I did acquire another property in Queensland. So the key message is it is your game plan. It is your strategy, but life does happen and it's okay. You can pause, you can stop, you can fast forward as well. So the questions that you need to be asking if you're at home and listening to this is how much can you borrow? So map out your property portfolio journey, right? That's the number one thing. Number two, knowing your deposit position, your equity. So how much deposit you need for your first property, how much deposit you need for your second one, and how much deposit you need for your third one. And how are you going to draw that deposit out? Are you going to save it? Are you going to manufacture that deposit and do a renovation? Or maybe you're just going to add another bedroom to the property, or maybe you can add another garage and add some value to that property so you can draw out and extract that equity into the next property. But also understanding, are you prepared to go into lender's mortgage insurance for your investment property? Are you prepared to go up to a 90% lend? It's additional cost and there's no right or wrong answer. Some people will say, well, I can build a portfolio with less money faster, quicker. Yes. And some people will say, well, I don't want to pay the lender's mortgage insurance. So it's up to you. But what are you happy 
to move forward with? Are you going to look at lenders mortgage insurance or not? So if you're a first home buyer and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I haven't even bought my first home. How can I even think of an investment property portfolio? Well, no, you, you need to listen in as well because even though you're a first home buyer, it's very, very strategic the way you're thinking about this first acquisition, right? So you need to think about your purchase price. You need to think about your grants, any grants that are available to you. So in New South Wales, there's a stamp duty grant up to, I think, $800,000. There's first home loan deposit scheme, so you can uh, minimize deposit needed to go in there, right? And that helps you get your foot in the door, right? So when I bought my first home in Penrith, I used all the grants. I used everything I could to get in to the property market. At the time, I think I waived stamp duty. The government had a small grant there. So that helped me buy my property in Pemera for $300,000. And then I did a cosmetic. So it was a very, very rundown house. The house hasn't been renovated in maybe like 60 years or something like that. It was very, very old wallpaper. So we had to steam the wallpaper <laughs> and scratch, manually scratch it off. We had to pull up the carpets and the carpets was very, very retro. So if anybody remembers brown colored carpets in the 80s, this was green. This was like probably 70s, right? The kitchen was yellow, <laughs> yellow cabinets. So we had to rip that all out. And to save on costs, I had to do it myself. Well, and some good friends, you know. <laughs> and so we had to do all of that. We had to paint the inside and the outside. The outside was a weatherboard house. So all the paint was curling. It was dry and it was curling. It was kind of gross. And we had to scratch it all off. The painter gave us this kind of like a knife tool to kind of scratch it all off. And then eventually he gurneyed it and then uh, repainted on the outside just to bring it back up and refresh it. So we did that and then we got it revowed and got some equity out of it so we can go into our next one. So maybe it's the same for you. If you're a first home buyer, maybe it's the same for you. Think about where you're buying, your location, and your strategy. What are you going to do so that you can build some, I call it baking some growth into that property so you can go into your next investment property? Do you have any photos by any chance like that photos of your home? Yeah, it's all on our core logic has all the photos. <laughs> if anybody has seen core logic, they have, they store all the photos from God knows when. <laughs> Core Logic is the brain behind like RP Data. So RP Data, if you're on the news, you see uh, Tim Lawless or Liza. They're the ones that actually do all the um, property market reports, and they're usually on all the news channels. But yeah, anyway, they hold all the data. They know everybody who's bought the house, <laughs> what price they've bought it for. Yeah, it's what the real estate use. Just every time you advertise it, they just store it. Playing your playground. So if there was one lesson I learned very, very early on, it is to play in your playground. So buy where you can buy. And don't look at your friends, family, relatives, or other people and say, oh, you're doing X, Y, Z, you're investing X, Y, Z. If you're not there, it's okay. When I bought my first property in Penrith, it was just after the GFC, so the global financial crisis. The market was stale and I was on an income of $65,000 and I could only afford something around that $300,000 price range. So I eventually bought in Penrith. When I was coming to that decision, all my family and friends said to me, why are you buying in Penrith? 
It's dangerous. <laughs> uh, it's too far. No one's going to see you. You know, they give you all the reasons why not to buy it, but they're not any malice or anything like that. They're just trying to protect you. And that's what they understand. That's how they see the world. And most likely, they're probably not even property investors themselves. Now, I just give you a bit of future update. So I bought that property at 300,000 and that property has almost tripled in value. So it's probably valued around 850, 900 today. Now, if I had listened to my family and friends, I wouldn't have bought that property and I wouldn't have that property as an acquisition. Now that acquisition, because of the growth in it, has been critical and crucial to building out my next assets and acquisitions. So the key lesson here is, Playing your playground. If you have to buy in a lower price range, you have to buy in a lower price range. Just make sure that you know what's happening in that town and there's development there. You know, there's things that are happening in that town as well. So you don't want to buy out far regional and there's nothing happening. There's no growth, right? So, and again, coming back to that, you need to have that team. So who can help you with those decisions as well. Playing outside your playground. So the first thing is if you overcapitalize, uh, it's going to be very, very hard. If you overcapitalize, it's going to be harder for you to get into the next one, yeah? So even though you're playing your playground, you also need to be strategic. So you may play in your playground and you are always thinking about what's your next step, how you're going to get that next deposit. Now, if you overcapitalize, are you going to be able to put in more money to actually manufacture some growth, do a renovation, pull out the equity? Are you actually going to be able to... to uh, have the borrowing capacity to buy that second property now that you're overcapitalized. And if you're not, then you're not going to be able to build that property portfolio. Ta -ta -ta -ta. So rinse and repeat is you've done it once, you've bought your property, you've built some equity in there, or you've let it ride. So to build out that portfolio, it's not a one and done. You're not going to buy one property, most likely for most people. You're not going to buy one property and go, hey, I can retire. <laughs> Uh, so you're probably going to have to build out that property portfolio and you're going to have to rinse and repeat. The best thing about that is usually after you've done it once, the second time you do, it's easier. You're already familiar with that journey. You know who you need. You know you need your solicitor or your conveyancer. You know you need your building reports. You know what tradies you need and where you can add value to that property. So it becomes easier. But this stage is basically building out that portfolio, rinse and repeat, leveling up your game. <laughs> leveling up your game. So this is when you've actually built out your portfolio, you've built in or what I call baked in your equity and you've, you've got a very healthy equity position and you're at the point where you're like, okay, hey, what can I do next? How do I actually go to that next level? So you'll be looking at those other assets, commercial, maybe, you know, high cash flow properties like an NDIS or rooming houses, they're coming into the market these days. And looking at those other properties and scenarios and seeing how you can level up that game. Now, similar to your previous stages, this is probably more important where you actually get your accountant, your solicitor to start talking about your structures, how you actually want to structure that and also get your finance person involved early on, start mapping out, maybe it's this property, maybe it's that property and then start mapping out what those limits are going to look like for you. But leveling up your game means, hey, you've got options, you've got options. <laughs> Coming back to you, to the audience, what's your next three steps? You know, we've spoken about the steps in 
building up that portfolio, what are your personal next three steps? Are you in research mode? Do you know your numbers? Are you acquiring? So what are your next three steps? Figure it out, write them down and get going. My last tip is often life happens with full intention. You're wanting to build out your portfolio. You're doing things. And sometimes you, you get sidetracked. But it's really important to have a little bit of accountability. Find a friend, find a coach, find somebody that can hold you accountable. But usually the first step of being accountable is writing it down. So if you're on that property journey, I challenge you, you know, maybe drop a comment and let me know what your first step is and I'll be your first cheerleader. Pom-poms. Thanks for catching up with property. I'm Scott Yip. And if you love this episode, you want to stay tuned for the next couple. We have Lorna Wang, a buyer's agent who will be joining us. And we also have Adam Bowie from TW Property Projects talk to us about his property journey and what they do at TW Property Projects. So stay tuned. If you like, like this content, please like, share and subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.